everyone. Welcome in. Welcome back, or thank you for tuning in to the Iconist Podcast. I'm a little bit tongue twisted today because I'm very excited on the guest that we have on board with today's episode. I'm having my, my geek moment. Bear with me. Thank you. Uh, so we'll get through it real quick. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Barry3D Carter for Deep Dark Delicious. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Mm. On my side, the man, the myth, the legend. If he was a transformer, he'd be a subwoofer. Who am I talking about? The one and only... DJ Rod C. Welcome in, everyone. We're having another wonderful day. Um, as I always say, the icon is... I can't tell you. People are told me I can't say it yet. I'll leave it for Barry. Barry. Well, you know, you're going to see him soon enough. I know there's a curtain oh. over his window, but we're going to see it soon enough. So here it comes down. We're going to get through everything so we can get to it. First and foremost, uh, support the books, support the books, support the mm. books. So please go out and support the books that support this show. Uh, go to Check Swings out in Montreal, that comic book store you can't turn around and, and, and miss when you go in there. Tell Trevor we said hi. And when you go out here to Ontario, go over to Kitchener and check out Wow Comics. Tell Wes and the guys we said hi. Uh, also, keep your eyes open for Brandy Ford's magazine, um, The Writer and the Wit. If issue one is out already, so please subscribe. You see the links down below. And uh, keep an eye out for A Touch of Grey Matter, the comedy troupe I'm a part of with uh, Dave Zuckolowski and Zolf Ali, along with myself. We have a show coming April 14th at Stonehookers Brewery. Please come out, 8 o'clock start time. It's going to be a good time with host, uh, sorry, with special guest Larry Smith. And last but not least, the one and only, the one that makes us look so pretty. If you need some any digital media art done, you know mm. who to turn to. Who has mm. it got to be, Rod? Jay Bird Digital Art, 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 art. Jay Bird Digital Arts. If you tell him you heard about him on the Iconist podcast, he mm -hmm. will give you a discount on any templates, logos, anything you need to have done worldwide. Hey. That's how we do. Now, mm. on today's show, we have a special mm. guest. I'm going to remove the curtain so you're going to see him. Please give a big thank you, round of applause in your heads for Chris from Comic tropes hey gentlemen thank you so much for having me nice to oh. nice to be here i appreciate it appreciate you sir thank the honor's out oh my gosh right oh. I, chris as i told you off before the camera started rolling been watching your show for years thank because you. of your show we have this show as it's the influence of hey during the pandemic want to do something positive mm -hmm. saw what you were doing yeah. And that's right up awesome. our alley. That's great, guys. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm going to be like, you know, humble and nervous about taking credit, but I'm glad you're doing something creative, uh, spending your time like this. Uh, I think it's awesome. I think that this is a great, great use of people's time. The low barrier to entry to doing a show, do something mm -hmm. you're passionate about, you know, meet new people. It's great. I love Absolutely. doing this stuff. I agree with you. So we're going to sure. get right into it. So I know we, we got a couple of things we want to touch base on. Um, so part, we're going to touch base to find out, well, who's Chris? Who, who's, who's Chris? Who the hell am I? Who are you, Chris? <laughs> if you say it that way, Chris, yeah. Who, who are you, Chris? Yeah. yeah because really, I see Chris weekly on his channel, Comic Tropes. Mm -hmm. And I see what Chris talks about. I know Chris is very informed. He's very knowledgeable and he's passionate. And I, and I, and I love everything I've seen, but I don't know Chris. So we will find out. We will find out what Chris, uh, we're going to learn about Chris and what Chris has coming up 
it's something really okay. big. So uh, huge. Step. I'm an open book today. I I am grateful to have uh, uh, your your audience's ears and eyes. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, honestly, thank you. I can't really stress that enough. Like how important this is. Uh, you know, I'm excited. It's like meeting someone. Like ah. <laughs> <laughs> Get the cameras and get the paparazzi. So we're going to start off. So, Chris, um, mm -hmm. Comic Tropes, how long have you been doing your channel for? Uh, yeah, yeah. Solid question. Let's see. Uh, right around, I think, a little over six years, actually, which, you know, I say that, and that actually seems like a big number. It it doesn't feel like I've been doing it for a long time because it's fun. I mean, it's work, but it's fun. Right. So, yeah, but that is it's six years. That, that That's not nothing. No. Not at all. And I mean, uh, anyone that's been a fan of your show, you've been very open, generally speaking, with how your life path has gone. And, and, Definitely. You know, and I think that's what makes you a lot more tangible as a person, which is great. This is why I was very excited to have you. You're not just a, uh, a character. You're a real person. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't exactly, like, play a character uh, or, like, play myself up too much. Although, like, so, some of my instincts, like, in real life, I, I joke around a lot more than I kind of even do on the show, but I, I, I guess I actually tone myself down a little for my show, which is probably the opposite of what a lot of people do. <laughs> <laughs> because I just like to focus a little bit more on the material. I try to put some of myself into it and do, do the occasional silly thing, but like, you know, mostly I'm, I'm focusing on talking about comic book techniques and history. Um, it's just my favorite storytelling medium. So it's very easy for me to always find a creator or a behind-the-scenes bit of history to mm -hmm. talk about. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. So now here's my first another question for you. Okay. Everyone has their their moment, right? Now, I'm, I'm going to age myself later on, but when I was younger, I did I watch cartoons? Yes. Did I buy comic books? Yes. But the one that stuck with me where I actually said, oh, and the light bulb went over my head, was and it's weird i still remember it It was issue eight of micronauts volume one. Oh, right on uh michael golden art right exactly very very uh underrated artist that was influential to a lot of other artists but not necessarily like a superstar with the fans i think he was respected by fans but not necessarily a superstar with fans but i love him i think michael golden's awesome Absolutely. And that's a book that stuck with me, right? Because it yeah. opened me to Micronauts. And I remember it was on the spinner rack at my corner store. And I, I remember buying Micronauts. Um, I bought an issue of Shogun Warriors. Oh, and yeah. then I picked up um, uh, the Legion of Superheroes. This is after Superboy left. But, you know, mm -hmm. and there, I remember the cover. But Micronauts number eight, what stuck with me? Because then I remember going with my parents. And then you see the toys at the, at the you know, at one of these stores. And I'm like, yeah. <gasps> and that was it. Down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, that was what that was this like sort of brief window when Marvel got like heavily into trying to do all these licensed books like you're talking about. They also had like Godzilla for yes. like a, a year, two years, and uh and then really shortly after what you're talking about was when they did Transformers and G.I. Joe, which each had respectable runs. Exactly. So yeah. here's my question. What was okay. that book for you? What was one book that you remembered kind of down the rabbit hole for you? Super similar, actually, Barry. We, we, we might not be too far apart in age or something, but but like um, it was an issue of Transformers. Uh, I was pretty young. I had a paper route and I would finish like near this uh, convenience store. And I went in one day uh, probably to get like candy or something. I was pretty young. We're talking like maybe like fifth grade. And I see like a comic book. Uh, 
which which I knew what comics were sort of, but I had never really bought one for myself. And I see Transformers. And I loved those toys at that age. It was probably even younger than fifth grade now that I'm thinking of it. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, and I was just like, oh, cool. And I got it. It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> but it was still interesting enough that like the next week I came back to that store and I was like, well, I'll try something else. I'll try G.I. Joe. And I remember that that was actually a pretty darn good comic that like that had a story that was like, way more serious than what I was used to out of the cartoons. Yes. At the time you're like, Oh cool. This is edgy and dark. It wasn't, but it was, it was, it was darker than like the cartoon. And then I was still hungry for more. So like the following week I started on Spider-Man and that was the first issue of the uh, death of Craven storyline. Oh, was a really, really strong yeah. one had artwork yeah. by Mike Zek who made a huge impression on me at that time. So the artist that like first caught my eye was probably Mike Zek. Okay, so Mike Zek is your your go to guy. Well, when I say go to, I mean he's the one that kind of opened that door for you. Yeah, he did. He did. And right. Larry Hama's writing in a uh, in GI Joe. Those are the two things that started to make an impression and get me excited about comics. Right, and I know you posted earlier about um on Twitter about when they had commercials. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. GI Joe yeah. to sell the books, and that that was me coming up. It was. You know, when they did a whole commercial for issue one, and, I've never and seen the like commercial. That. It was it was a big deal. Like it was, looked really really cool. Um, of course, they they were able to do that because Hasbro, the toy company, foot the bill for those yeah. ads. It wasn't Marvel paying for it really. It was it was Hasbro with the idea they couldn't do uh, animated. You couldn't do an animated ad for a toy, or right. like you couldn't at least do it for more than like say five seconds or something small like that, right? Mm-hmm. They were like, well, what if we just use the animation to advertise the comic, knowing that the kids are smart enough that they they know that this is a toy, and it'll mm-hmm. excite that we don't have to say, buy this new yeah. jet. We didn't have to quite do that. So that's what they were doing, but all that mattered to me as a kid was it looked really, really cool, and it would get me stoked for the next issue of the comic. Yeah. That, you know, they knew how to kind of hook us in there. Uh, so, I mean, I remember going out buying all those toys and, and or trying to ask my parents to buy as much as they were willing to buy for me at the time um, <laughs> and, and and just kind of getting into that genre. But as you put it, yeah. like, you know, uh, uh, Bill Metallo, Michael Golden, you know, that art style, the storytelling, very, you know, Star Wars at the time, I was yep. into sci-fi huge. So that was right up my alley. And then I used to like doodle as a kid, but then I started really drawing trying to draw more to emulate that style. I like how he used this darks, uh, the shapes, and then the fact that I can actually hold a, a, a space glider figure and know that yeah. was Arturius Ran in the book and be like, okay, I got one in the other. So that was what, I mean, as you can see, I got some kind of art here on my walls. Um, you know, that. some of this stuff over here I drew. And that's what, as, as a pastime, that's what got me into it. So I know you do some drawing. I do. Who were some of your influences artistic wise i would say when i was younger like if i'm being realistic actually you know like the i while i was always always drawing Mm -hmm. i i remember starting to try to draw comics in the early 90s so i was influenced by the guys that founded image at the time that was you know todd mcfarland jim lee rob liefeld all all those guys mark silvestri eric larson uh, and and you know as an adult, I look back and perceive some of them a little differently. I, I don't, you know, but but it, I'm not trying to critique anybody. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that was what excited me as a kid. That's what I was trying to emulate. But because I was reading so many comics at the time, 
uh, some other early influences shortly after that, like started grounding me a little bit more with mm-hmm. guys like, um, I'm trying to just remember the names. Um, for whatever reason, Alex Toth appealed to me. He designed yeah. all the super friends and space ghost and did a lot of comics. Yes. Um, very clean style, but, but looked great. Um, Will Eisner, pretty, pretty influential guy. That's putting it mildly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so there were a bunch and, and then it just continues to evolve, you know, like, these days, I'm probably a little bit more influenced by some manga that I'm slowly discovering, both new mm. and old, you know, mm-hmm. for some right. of the energy and storytelling techniques. It depends. Cool. I know yeah. for manga, I'm, I'm huge into some of it. Like right now, I'm getting like the uh, trades there, uh, Fist of the North Star. I am too. I just got the, the a, a new one just dropped today. Yes, I'm picking it up. It's it's on its way, um, you know, I'm, and I like the influence of it. And uh and, yeah. and the art style it's different it's different it's a lot more grittier the it, action it's super violent let's just like call it what it is it's super violent but at the same time uh there's a little bit of heart and humanity to it you know it's it's a lot like mad max isn't it like a yeah. post-apocalyptic thing like that where just like the villains are just like completely irredeemable there's there's not a lot of nuance per se they're just weird <laughs> it's like here's bruce lee here's bruce lee in the apocalyptic world but it together. if you like that, that character, like, you know, has all these secret techniques that make him like, you know, basically almost the Superman of, of Kung Fu. And a lot of those ideas you start to see in later manga, like uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure and yep. Demon Hunter, where they're like using breathing techniques to sort of do perfect fighting styles and stuff. So you start to see the influences, the more of it you read. And that's kind of fun to sort of be discovering something new to me. It's been mm-hmm. there forever, but but it's a little newer to me. So it's fun to see. I know, I know, I don't have the names of them, but I know there's some that, that they really get heavy into martial arts. Like it takes place in like that, you know the how Shaolin, you know Shaw Brothers kind of background with their techniques. Yeah, maybe and, something like Blade of the Immortal or that. But yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Those are always a lot of fun to have and and look and read. And as I just said it's just nice to see how comics are perceived around the world because when you look at oh, it, yeah. there's you know you have Batman. I mean. For us here, we see North American comics. Right. You see how it's drawn. We're used to it. But then when you see how artists in the UK draw mm-hmm. our superheroes, for lack of a better term, or yeah. over in Japan, and you see how they draw Spider-Man and all, you're like, oh, they have them there? First of all, you think it's just the same stories reprinted. And no, yeah. they have their own runs, their own storylines. Totally. With their own. And it, that's what's opened my world up um, even more in, I think, the past few years. So now Absolutely. Like, and then you start looking at like, you know, the Belgian and French comics and it's like the, yeah. the, the line work can be so much more delicate, Italian and Spanish as well. Like, the, you know, the, the European comic scene is, is fascinating. And, and uh, yeah, I wish more of that stuff got imported here. Absolutely. We just did an episode um, and it's coming out later on on Cyber Six. And oh, the, sure. The famous Argentinian comic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and love that. Good. Good. Wow. That's a deep hole, guys. A lot of people know that anime, but but that that's still a pretty good poll. Wow. Yeah, and it's hard to find in English. There's only a couple of issues that are in English. The rest of it is in you know uh, Italian or uh, you know in, in different languages. Also, but the art style um, that was really there it was a uh, uh, Carlos. Oh my gosh, I forget his last. Uh, Meglia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yep. I love his art style. Like I like the kind of abstract art like that. You know, um, Bell Bill Schwez. <laughs> Sinkevich. Thank you. 
Okay. The one from New Wilson Mutants. Tyler. I always screw up his last name. I'm terrible with names. Um, yeah. He drew New Mutants at one point. He did Electra. Yes, Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely gorgeous. Yes. So, He's great. I, I love... Dude, can I interrupt with, like, a quick story about Bill St. Go Kevin? right ahead, please. Ahead. Like, so, I, as I got older, he definitely became somebody that I liked because... I see him like a little bit more as like an auteur in film. Like he, he just does his own thing. And I've been to some conventions and seen him draw and he uses all sorts of different media. It's not just pencils and inks and stuff. He'll use like whiteout and Copic markers and like, just like put layers and layers on top of something until he, he sees what he's got in his head. It's a very different way of working. And the last New York comic-con he was doing a signing at a store and I'd never like, I'd watched him like up close, but I'd never talked to him. So I got in line to just get something signed by him. And he was like, oh, um, you're the comic tropes guy. Why haven't I been on your show yet? And I was like, oh, my God, you, you don't understand. Like, you know, like I, 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 I'm not a celebrity anywhere I go, except to like, you know, sometimes the conventions. But like right. to, to, to get told something like that by somebody that I, I definitely see him as a hero. It was just very flattering. It was it was I, I, I'm tooting my own horn. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to use PC what? language, but like. It was, it was, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, but all means. I mean, look, you put in six works, six years of work for your channel. Yeah, still reap the rewards. I mean, that that I you're going there as a fan, and he's turning to you yeah. pretty much as a fan. He was like, so nice to me. He was so nice, and that's like you know, like what you hope. But sometimes it's not the way when you meet like your your yeah. celebrity heroes. They can be like you know, just I don't know, aloof. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, to, to say the least. I definitely have stories like that too, outside mm-hmm. of comics and stuff. But yeah, like it, 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 that was that was really really nice. And so someday, he's a very busy guy. But someday, I, I do hope to have him on my show. Fingers crossed. I, I, I'll be watching that episode. Nice. Now you turn around, you start comic tropes, and I know what was your motivation. What said you know one day you're like sure all the things we do. I'm going to start a YouTube channel. And then you went with a theme that was, that was different than most comic book um, shows I've seen, which I like. Okay. That's interesting. I'll be honest. I, um, I never really watched any comic book YouTube before I started my thing. And there's some shows I still won't really watch. Cause I don't want to like get influenced by somebody yeah. else's opinion, but I watch right. some, like I watch yeah. some, if I'm like, Oh, I've already covered that topic or I'm not going to talk about that. And I'm curious. Um, I'm not saying like, I ignore these guys. It's, it's so much as I don't want to get influenced, but right. the reason I started mine, it's not as like happy, but I've been laid off from a job after moving across the country. So I didn't know that many people out here on the West coast. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? It's probably going to take me, at least a few months until I find my next role. I like to be busy. I'm kind of a workaholic. So I was just like, I got to come up with a personal project. I was like, well, what could I do sort of by myself? I was like, uh, thing I'm most passionate about is comics. Um, making comics is one thing, but I bet, you know what? I could just do a YouTube show. I could just talk about all this useless comic book knowledge that rattles around up here has like no reason. Like, you know, I go to college and like have trouble, like remembering like, calculus and advanced spanish and stuff but all the comic book stuff stays up here no problem at all no problem at all i don't know how the brain works like that but yeah so i've got all this stuff and i was just like that's what i'll do it'll keep me busy and it definitely took quite a while to slowly grow the audience of course but it was always and and it is work but it was it was like fun work you know like something i always enjoy thinking about right 
So that that was more personal project. You wanted to keep busy. Yeah. Do area. Didn't have many friends at the time. So just to kind of instead of sitting around doing nothing, twiddling your thumbs, that's what you started to do. That's a that's a perfect summary. Yes, Barry. That that is what exactly happened. Chris Chris will be using this in his PR going forward. There you go. We've proven that Barry can remember things from literally sixty to ninety seconds ago. We've got it documented. See, it's proven. If my wife says anything, um, yeah, sixty seconds, sixty to ninety seconds. That's it, and I'm done. (laughs) So wrong. So that's why I found it fascinating. And then you went with with a theme. So you didn't watch other shows. You talked comic books, right? No, you know what? Like, but but that wasn't super intentional initially, because like I wasn't coming up with a script for like those first I don't know dozen or so episodes. Mm -hmm. I would literally just pull out a random comic and look at it and say like well here's what i know about the the writer or the artist i think that they would like be likely to do this 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 and this in a lot of their stories let's see how many of those i come across yes Um, and then it's sort of like over time it slowly evolved into me more just deciding like you know finding these tropes was kind of fun but i just want to analyze the techniques and the history so it just sort of evolved the, the the title of my show doesn't necessarily make perfect sense, but that's okay. Mm. I think it does because you even with us, I believe it does because you're looking for tropes. And I remember your earlier episodes. It's like, okay, here's the issue. And you'll start going through the issue, breaking it down. And it's like, oh, here's this trope. And you would write it on a post-it yeah. and put it up. And that's trope I number would. one. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, you break it down trope by trope. I, and I made another games out of it post-it. for myself. So that was, that was definitely fun. But you also like, uh on youtube anyway you have to sort of keep evolving your show if you if you do the same thing for too long i just have seen it happen to other channels eventually the viewership goes down so you have to every once in a while sort of keep evolving it in some way to give like your your base audience something new every once in a while so so it's like something i do think about a little bit like you know oh you know that you you were saying to, to me backstage like oh you know i remember your old theme song and stuff but it's like every once in a while i just want to change that because it, it, right. it just feels stale to me at a certain point yeah it might feel stale to you but it's yeah. as soon as you hear it you know what show you're watching true yeah it's, i, I want to have the branding i want it mm-hmm. to be comforting but i also just don't want it to become old hat yes right right so i don't know, you know. maybe i'm not right about that that i'm just explaining my logic and yeah no really Hopefully I am making the right decisions, but it's possible I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the fan base. Now, you do, I mean, I do this show here with Rod, and, and I yeah. understand how much work goes behind, like, just editing and putting it all together. You, you're a one-man show. Yeah, I, I am. I, <laughs> yeah. So, and the editing specifically is very time-consuming. Very time-consuming. That takes up, like, more than half of, like, the, the overall sort of production of making an episode is just the editing. The scripting, not mm-hmm. that much. Um, You know, the research is something I'm sort of always reading a bunch of comics for potential episodes in the future, as well as interviews and stuff, and, and slowly gathering information until something's ready. Right. So that's not too bad either. Uh, the recording, all things considered, not that long. It's the editing that takes a long time. Um, I had done a podcast, like an audio podcast with um, some friends for, we did, we had about a seven year run. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. over seven years talking about more like um, genre TV shows. Like right. every week we do that. And I'd interview like, you know, the actors and writers from those shows and stuff. And that was fun. It was good. 
eventually I just needed to do something different. That took a while to edit, but nothing like what you do when you edit a show that's about comic books. Yeah. It's very different than even editing a show that's about like a movie or TV or, or a TV show. Cause then you could maybe get like a 10 second clip of something to put in. Right. Right. And that's like 10 seconds you just filmed. But if you're doing that with like a static image, right. you know, of a comic, yes. now I'm going to have to like spend some time possibly cropping that or like doing a zoom, a slow zoom, maybe okay. some transition effects just to add a little bit of visual interest. I don't want to like have it like all just, you know, discombobulating people. <laughs> uh, but it's very boring to just have just that image just there, like with nothing going on. So it, it, it takes a lot of time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, every job has its moments, right? So that yep. is the moment where it comes into is the, the editing, you know, the, what we're doing right now, recording and talking about it. No problem. That's the fun part. This That's is the this fun is a part. blast for me. Cause I'm like, I don't have to worry about like anything after this. That's how <laughs> I'm and Barry. Yeah. As soon as you're done, I'll just have a great night, everyone. I'm out. Let me know what it's up. <laughs> Let me know. Exactly. I get it though. I, I totally get it. So we, we talked about your channel. We talked about that. I've seen, you know, over things that I, like, which I thought is really cool how you connect it with your audience. I mean, I know you talked at one point losing weight. Um, yeah. That fluctuates, but obviously, but yeah. 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 That's, yeah that's, you know, I, it's I, been I, a I, battle I, for me. Yeah. It's a battle for all of us, my friend. <laughs> Because I you guys look good, you guys look good to me. I don't know. I, <laughs> we're seeing from here up. From here, my problem is a little lower. Yeah, <laughs> as I said, uh, a cheeseburger tastes way better than a salad. So, mm, tough mm. choice. If they can flip this taste buds around on that with somewhere in the matrix, I'd be okay. But that's a different story. <laughs> Plug me in. Plug exactly. I'll take the blue bill. <laughs> uh, so we we talked about yourself. We talked about the yeah. show. Um, and and who? Uh, see, I got so much in my head. It's like <laughs> it's getting there. I'm over. You know, excited about the whole thing. Um, so starting your channel. Yeah. What would you say would be okay? What's the advice you would give maybe yourself? Maybe. You know, if you take yourself now and had to go back beginning when you started your channel, what are things you would have said to your, let's say, yourself six years ago of, yeah, we don't need to do that. Or, yeah, we should do more of this. Yeah, that that's interesting. I, I guess I hadn't thought in those terms, but that's kind of a fun mental challenge. Uh, I would say a lot of the advice I'd probably be handing myself would be like, yeah, this is a good project. Go for it. Um, here's some more technical advice. You know, mm -hmm. like, here's how to get a little bit better audio and lighting. Here's how you do a thumbnail properly. Here's how you title it properly to like get people's attention. It's like really kind of, it sounds like minutia, but it really is the kind of stuff that'll like help get engagement higher and stuff like that. So it'd probably just mostly be technical stuff. Like, hey, instead of winging it, go ahead and write the script. It doesn't take that long. Little things like that. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Not not super exciting, I guess, but that's probably what no, I realistically but... tell myself. Because I would definitely still do this if I jump back in time six years. I definitely still want to do this. I I, I enjoy doing it. Right, and it's it, the reason I'm asking that question. I mean, first, we're uh, you know a new channel. We're starting out and kind okay. of getting out there, but a lot of people don't realize that you know what's the small things that would pay off, right? To to yeah. do it, so they either look at it and they're overwhelmed. Or they don't know, and and just hearing from someone who's already gone through that journey 
on what could be some key points, who's had that level of success. You know, I know you're humble about it, but you've had that level of success. It's definitely in my eyes. Um, It's kind of good knowledge and little nuggets to pass on. I'm all about passing it forward and putting it out there. I'd say like a regular schedule and like be patient, but you'll build up that library. And if you're like regular, then your audience starts to expect it. They tune in and new people can like start finding your backlog going through that. And it's like that, that's, that's some nice long tail. And then just giving like a lot of thought to making a really clean eye catching thumbnail that doesn't have like, you, you usually like I have like about five big ideas that I want to mention in an episode. Well, I can't mm-hmm. put all of that into a thumbnail and have it like be coherent. I have to like narrow it down to something simpler and like a really simple, like sort of a uh, title, and I'll be looking sometimes at uh, trending words on, say, like paid Google searches and stuff like that. Okay. And I'll say, like, do any of these words make sense to just drop into my title? Ah, good to know. Okay. And I'll also say, like, there's like sort of like a negative factor that you have to acknowledge works. Um, you know, like if you put words like ruined or failed or worst in a title. Um, that tends to trigger the algorithm to recommend it to, to new people. I don't want to do that every week, but it's definitely a real thing. It's, it's a little weird too, because I try to, I think if you've watched it, you know, I try to overall do a positive show. I might yes. teach certain things, but I try to be positive because there's a lot that I love to talk about. Mm-hmm. But if you look at like, what are my, uh, biggest views? It's like things like where I talk about like an artist that I didn't like or a storyline that I didn't like. Those are the things that get the biggest views. It's like, I'm glad to get those views, but it's like not necessarily completely accurate if somebody wants to get a sense of who I am and what show I'm doing. Right. But it is at least worth knowing that that's part of the game. Like, Yeah. You, you have to understand the rules to uh, the play ball, so to speak. Right. And it might. Yeah, yeah. totally. So I know it's go against it goes against your grain as a person, but you understand the business it is and bring those views up. So, so I'll use a little bit of that, but I also right. like tend to personally choose topics that interest me, knowing that some of them are honestly literally going to be sort of bomb. Like, right. I, and I just don't really care that much because mm-hmm. I'd rather be excited about what I'm talking about. Yes, but I'm friends with a couple guys that also do sort of comic book YouTubing. And they, they'll say like, yeah, you know, I, they don't really do that. And I, and I respect it. Cause they're like, I, I don't keep like, you know, a part-time day job like you do, Chris, this is my income. So I sort of have to talk about Spider-Man and Batman and X-Men a little bit more. I, I can't right. afford to sort of talk about an obscure, you know, Japanese manga that was made for like teenage <laughs> girls. Like I can't, I, I can't do that. Like, and I was like, that, that's fair. That's fair. No, I just fair. don't care. Yeah, and, and that's it. I mean, like, I mean, you know, for ourselves, we don't really talk much about the, the, the big ones where, you know, your yeah. Batman, your Spider-Mans, and we yeah. want to get more into the uh, lesser known heroes and shine a light onto them. So, yes, does it make it a little bit harder probably for us to put out some of our episodes or people to latch on? Absolutely. We, we understand that. But to your point, that's what we're more passionate about. I mean, everyone's talking about else? Batman. You know? If you do that and you're like consistent with what interests you, you will build the audience that you want, you right, know, right. as compared to building an audience that like annoys you because <laughs> they're like asking for something that you don't want to do. So right. it makes sense in that regard too. 
Yeah. yeah, you know, and we've got some, you know, fun classics. I mean, we've talked about cartoons, we've talked about comic books. Um, you know, we've, we, we were wrestling fans. We talk about wrestling at times. Nice. Uh, so that's where we mix it up. And, you know, soon enough, uh, video games are coming too. Um, but and now moving into it, I know that you've mentioned, you know, and thank you so much for being open and, and talking about tidbits and the show and all that and comic tropes. This is so, yeah. this is awesome for me. And now, you know, switching in gears for half a second. Uh-huh. I know you got a lot of vampire, vampirella memorabilia behind you there. Yeah. yeah. I know you've got, like got... a little statue there, but like, and then my cover. <laughs> Look at all. It's just one cover. It's just like a bunch of copies, <laughs> but it looks cool to me. <laughs> right. Now, what our audience might not realize, and this yeah. is what we're also going to talk about, is that cover was drawn by who? This guy. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, we'll get into Vampirella, but first, how did you come across, um, you know, or how did you, you know, out of all the books, you, how did you get that cover or get the chance to do that cover? There we go. How'd oh, yeah, yeah. Chance? No, that's a totally fair question. Um, you know, uh, it's all thanks to the president of Dynamite who publishes Vampirella and a bunch of other nice comics. Um, Nick Barucci has been very kind to me. I, he He often will drop into, like, some of my live streams. I, I've mm-hmm. got, like, a second chance where I do a live show on Monday afternoons called Pros and Cons. Right. And I do that for the algorithm again. Because if you like, you know, like if I do the occasional live show on the main channel, I've realized it can sort of mess with like the views for like my edited episodes. But if oh, I okay. just do edited episodes on one channel and live shows on another, it, it goes smoother. Um, anyway, but he would jump in, especially after, you know, I'll, I'll open up a little bit more than that. Uh, towards um well towards the beginning of the pandemic like right before everybody was like eligible to get you know their vaccines and stuff like that about like mm-hmm. literally about a week before i was eligible i got covid bad i was in the hospital for like over seven days i was really scared and i came out of it like you know for a while with some bad problems like i i just didn't have much energy couldn't breathe that well it was right. it was what it was i feel good now so i'm lucky but Nick Nick was jumping into the live chats and um giving super chats sometimes and just like you know saying hey I like what you do just you know keep keep at it and uh, and then he reached out to me one day and he said let's see if there's room to collaborate you know and I said I would love to I like to draw like he was the one who was like how about how about Vampirella you know could you come up with an idea for that I was like let me let me draw something I'll pitch it to you and you tell me if you think it's good enough and 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 he's like yeah let's do a campaign so it was was thanks to him and he's got a lot of really wonderful people that work with him um jim is a a guy over there that's been uh, helping coordinate stuff and uh so yeah they're running the campaign but it's up to me to sort of like you know push it and market it and stuff like that okay so i came up with a cover where i tried to put a bunch of sort of like tropes you know we got like death and guest stars like sexy women uh Uh and of course you know a gorilla Just to Which be clear, like. if you read the book, there's no gorilla in the pages. I'm just having fun. I'm just having fun. But nice. that that speaks so much. I saw you had a quick video explaining about the trope, uh, you know, that you use and and, and influence. And I yeah. thought I was really. If you want to explain that to our audience, that'd be really. Oh great. yeah, sure. So when you look at that, that might look a little familiar to to people that know comics, like this pose is like and i even like sort of credit it down here that it's after um 
George Perez and John Byrne, because John Byrne did one in X-Men and George Perez did um, arguably a more famous one, but later uh, in Crisis on Infinite Earth, Superman holding Supergirl. And so I'm doing that. But there's a huge history beyond just those two guys. This is based very much on one of Michelangelo's famous statues called La Pieta, uh, where it has like, you know, uh, Mother Mary holding Jesus in, in a pose like that. Right. Okay. And there's there's a huge history uh, going back to like, yeah, the golden age of artists sort of doing um, an homage to that pose. So I'm also what's another like sort of trope in comics, homaging other comics and famous works and stuff. So so all of it together is an homage. And uh, yeah, I did a little episode on comic tropes. I, I did that one live, uh, mm-hmm. ironically, but it was sort of to promote this and just sort of do something a little different. But yeah, just sort of showing tons of different covers, <laughs> dozens of them throughout the years, showing that that pose. That is amazing. And Dynamite Comics, let me, uh, you know, I have to think that they really tap back into my childhood. Like it. Yeah. With with the properties they do, so I mean they've covered the Bionic Man, right? Yeah. Um, years ago they did a Buck Rogers run. I think so. Yeah. They right? they have you James know. Bond now. Red exactly. Sonya, Army of Darkness. You know, uh, Deja Taurus. Uh, you know, from John Carter. Right. Yep. All that is that's it. my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's cool. They they obviously like they they are. Uh, pretty careful about which properties they go after and they, they do some nice ones yeah so if you have an ear and you what you're talking to nick next time you let him know that um if he feels like doing a man from atlantis again i'm all in you guys okay i'm I all in i mean atlantis. i'm not gonna draw it but i would i would buy it and read it <laughs> okay okay <laughs> I, that was I, that was patrick duffy right yes it was yes it was oh my god what well, that's that is a, that that's a poll barry that's a poll that, we we actually covered that one on one of our earlier shows. We've talked That's about Atlantis. Awesome. Yeah, Man from Atlantis. That. Um, we got to talk about Logan's Run, and everyone knows Logan's Run, yeah. the the TV show, but they don't know Logan. Sorry, Logan's Run, the movie, but they don't know Logan's Run, the TV show, or the eight issue comic book from Marvel. I know the comic, of course, but I don't. I didn't know that that was a TV show. They came up with a TV show. It ran for one season. Yeah, you know. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Logan's run has a lot of history All right, that's news to me. I've seen the movie, but yeah, there's something, you know what, like, I say that there's, like, trivia rattling around up here. I know that there's a reason why either Logan's run one or two is super valuable, but I can't for the life of me remember it. It, it It's something along the lines of, like, you know, a rare Marvel stamp, like one of those cutouts or oh, really? something okay. like that. Okay. Somebody's going to be able to like just go like Chris. Here's what you're forgetting, and they can Google it. <laughs> if but like that's something I could probably make like a whole episode about like why Logan's Run number one is actually valuable. There's like a reason, <laughs> and you'll remember. see my thumbs up going yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's you know we've touched that, and then that's where our passion is because you know uh, you know that's what I grew up with. That's what I watched. So let's Patrick yeah. Duffy before Dallas. Right. And- we didn't have too many comic book adaptation things back then so we'd take like whatever sci-fi they gave us like and it could be garbage but we'd be like well i guess this is all we get this year captain america yeah the red brown (laughs) captain americas right right the the trial of the hulk the trial of oh my god the helmet oh my god the trial of the hulk with thor like like there there are there are so many small little ones you're like fantastic four the famous infamous fantastic four that we will never speak about again yeah Yes, yeah. But we, we take, take that it. and run. 
We take it. We have to take it and run. It's 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 basically. We it's had a whole TV show where, like, you know, the most powerful thing he'd do is like break down a cardboard wall, and we were like, "Ooh, don't want to mess with that guy." <laughs> it's like need to be home on Friday night to watch Lou Ferrigno in body paint and slippers yes. <laughs> running down the street. It's what oh! they could do. It's what they could do. Or Spider-Man with, like, the fake spatulas over his eyes, swinging from one corner of a building to another corner of a building. <laughs> I know. And then you see, like, the Japanese version, you're like, you know what? They did something a lot cooler there. Yeah. The live course. action, if you've ever even seen clips, they would, like, yeah. have one of the, like, a stuntman, like, climbing up the side of a building, and you're like, Insane. all right, that looks a little cooler. Yeah. This Spider-Man was cooler, and he also got a giant robot, because why? Right. He got a giant robot. Everyone got a giant robot. Exactly. Forget so, about it. So you've got Vampirella that you've done yeah. the issue for. So what issue is that again? That yeah, is- good question. That's issue six of a book that's, um, by the time this comes out, issue one will have come out of Vampirella year one. So that's written by Christopher Priest. He's a great uh, writer, obviously. And he's mm-hmm. uh, retelling Vampirella's origin. So if you don't know Vampirella, good jumping on point. If you do, Hey, it's giving you sort of like more context, like a deeper version of her origin. Um, and I'm just doing issue six because Dynamite likes doing variant covers for all sorts of stuff. Like that is beautiful. Like, I mean, great artwork. Good on you. Congratulations on that. It's a fun project. Thank you. Absolutely. And and speaking of Vampirella, so let's let's talk a little bit about Vampirella. And usually we talk more about the characters, but this time we, you know, we're here, we're gonna defer to the experts. So we know Vampirella was first created in 1969. Mm-hmm. Right, September 1969. Yeah, Warren so, Publications. Yeah, so that's 50-something years old, just like this guy here. <laughs> <laughs> I was born a couple of months earlier, so I was in June 1969, and then Vampirella came out. Not saying there's one leads to the other, just saying I was there, <laughs> just couldn't read it. <laughs> she's got a lot of history. A, a, extremely lot of history, and that's what I like about Vampirella. I know she's gone through, and I know you've done a great video. We're going to link it down below so our fans can see it um, about Vampirella. She's been around for so long, and mm. she's she, she, it's always like she's um, she's there, but almost out the spotlight, so to speak. Yeah, well, you're right, because, I mean, Warren Publications was respected in the 70s and stuff. They had some great artists, just to be clear, but they weren't DC and Marvel when, like, no. those guys were blowing up. So, yeah, she's always been just, you know, a little lower in terms of, like, uh, pop culture awareness. Right, because people always recognize the outfit. Yeah, like that's I what, mean, yeah. <laughs> in like yeah. it was either like the '90s or the 2000s. Harris Comics did a bunch of Vampirellas, and they sort of updated that. And it's not a bad look, but honestly, like that's kind of iconic for what it is. It 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 just is what it is. That's part of who Vampirella is. It, it, right, and I'm and I'm not taking anything away from it. Just how people like Vampirella, people like Power Girl, you know, and say, you know, don't change the costume. Yeah. Uh, so you know, characters around since 1969, which I think is amazing, still relevant up to now, still worked on by a lot of writers and artists up to now. So she def- she survived, uh, you know, companies going bankrupt, uh, different artists changing, uh, change in her origin of story. Yeah, you know um, all that stuff, and and she, and she's still here, still standing. I think, you know, and I, like, I mean, you did one video, uh, you, or you did your video where you talked about it, and you mentioned it uh, was Frank, uh, um, Frank Frazetta. Frank Frazetta. For, thank you, Frazetta. 
and he has like a beautiful picture of Vampirella, of Death Dealer, of Conan the Barbarian. And in my head, I'm like, those three should always maybe be in one property together, like one book together. I could see the three of them kind of crisscrossing, maybe not even the same book, but in the same world. I like I world building. That. Yeah. Well, you know, um, a bunch of Frazetta's stuff is being done as a comic now by one of his, uh, well, his granddaughter. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I like that. She, she's keeping his legacy alive. I like that. And well, so, I mean, anytime you play any kind of Dungeons and Dragons and you look, you will find his art, you know, you might not even realize it's him, but it's his artwork that's there. That one iconic picture of Death Dealer stands out the test of time and people have it in their backgrounds and on their phones or don't even know where it comes from. That's how influential it is that the character is there without people even realizing the backstory behind it. And I always, in my own little imagination, said, hey, well, Death Dealer and Conan in a crossover would be awesome. And you throw in Vampirella, that would be awesome. And here's my question for you, though. Which origin story do you prefer out of the two that have been presented in a sense of her from another planet or her from a a different dimension? Um, I I like the other planet. I don't know. It's a little campy, but for me, it just works. You know, she came from a planet of Draculas, basically. (laughs) And they had rivers of blood to drink from. But then her planet, they they ruined it environmentally, and they, and all the blood dried up. She came to Earth. Oops, <laughs> came to Earth. It's better off in Earth. Oh, it's already sealed in a sippy sack. It's blood. It's just called human flesh. Yeah. <laughs> but she herself is not like an evil person, so she's sort of a hero. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why I find it interesting. It's like I mean, she's she's a vampire. You know, yeah. she's got. Does she pre? I don't. I think she predates Blade, doesn't she? That's an excellent question. When did Blade Blade came out in Tomb of Dracula? I want to I want to say 1974, but I could be misremembering that. That was Marv Wolfman and Gene Colan in 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 Tomb of Dracula. Yeah, probably came after uh, probably came after Vampirella. And if you look at Blade, for example, he's out there and he doesn't have he's got the vampire powers without the vampire weaknesses. Uh. He does now, just to be clear, oh, yeah. like if you go back to the comics, he was pretty much just a guy who hunted vampires. Yeah, exactly. The movie right. made him like that like a daywalker, and then the comics retroactively sort of matched that origin. Oh really? But I originally he was always he was a daywalker. Just, he was just a he was just a British guy that went around with a green visor, a yeah. big puffy yeah. coat, and like wooden stakes. And that was that was it. He was just a guy. Which is <laughs> Kind of like even in a way cooler because he was going up against Dracula, who was like mowing people down every single issue, and he's just like, I have no problem going toe to toe with you. It's kind of cool. <laughs> I've got a spike. I like. I love the Wesley Snipes version. I I definitely think that like you know it's amazing that 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 series of movies totally gave Blade new life and like you know like re envisioned him. But yeah, Blade so- has an interesting history. Yes, he does. Extremely. And I think, like, Vampirella, you know, going with that is the fact that, you know, she's got the vampire powers, no vampire weaknesses, per se, generally speaking. And and, and here she is now, all these years later, and doing, you know, making a, another run. Um, I always mention, like, you know, one of two things I would say is what I thought would be cool is kind of merge the two histories together. Make make it to yeah. the idea that oh she's coming from another planet and then do a twist. Well, it's not really another planet. She came from another dimension, but everyone thought it was another planet. So 
you might want to actually read year one because while it does have another planet, it also retcons things and now there's also a parallel dimension that her twin sister was raised in. Draculina. Mm. Alright. So I'm there's a little something there that, that like riffs so on some on of your ideas sides. a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I get on both sides. All right. Oh, I like that. So I'm definitely going to pick it up because uh, honestly, I think this character should do more. Um, we, we'll get into it and I want to talk more about the, the fan casting of it, world building, while you see it. We know there was a movie about it. Yeah, not a great one. And we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had the lady that played, uh, what's her name? Like Melina or something from the Mortal Kombat games? Right. I, I for, was that her name? Yeah. The, yeah, the, the yeah. ninja. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't remember her name. It was Melina, yep. And okay. not a knock on the actress, it's just sometimes a script. Didn't didn't just work. didn't, no, no, it did not. So here, here's what we like to do. We like to fan cast it on the show. Okay. Now, we're going to get this point. So and as a guest, you know, I'm going to start with Rod. Rod's been a little bit quiet. I'm going to pick on Rod for half a second. He, he's like, what, what? Rod, Vampirella, if you had to turn around and do Vampirella today, how would you see it? Would you see it as a movie, cartoon, a uh, limited series on a streaming service? Would you want it on like, the CW and, and do something that way along with the, it? Honestly, you you know, as Chris, we, we like to we like we like the hashtag CW and other people because they're starting to be pulling away from, um, you know, Arrow, Flash, Legend. They're all starting to slowly disappear. So we need to fill those gaps. So I will honestly say that, yeah. Vampirella to me, we'll just put her put her on a CW. Let's give her a series because the the amount of actions and just the the whole the whole look of Vampirella, mm-hmm. I think will look well on a series. It's not a it's not like say a, a movie one and done or even a three part movie kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. I want something where it just builds. So you can start going into especially now if you know they decide to do it and they decide to follow year one. And go with, uh, you know, another planet and a parallel universe idea. Um, <laughs> make sure you have Chris do the, the title, the title entry, um, entry, you know, that's all I can say, you know, <laughs> you know we're just pushing for Chris. So Chris, just get your pen ready because maybe they'll call you. Um, call Chris, call them. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would actually go with that. I would go with a CW run and, um, a character I wanted, to, the person I wanted to, to portray her would actually be, Isa Gonzalez. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I know who you're talking I, about. Barry, we got one. Barry, you figure who she is? No. Okay, so uh, here, here no, 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 it's okay. No, and, and Chris, this is how it normally works out. We would normally do that, and you may see us, like, okay, then start pulling it up to get visual, whatever the case may be. So I will backtrack for you to help out. So you can go the easiest and the more simplest way is Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. So, Madame M. Oh! The, the, yes. Oh! Yes. And this is normally what happened, Chris. Oh! Oh! That, that normally does, does happen. And that, anger. And that sometimes does happen too. So. (laughs) (laughs) Good call. But basically, yeah, I mean, listen, she, she basically has the physique. She looks, she looks, she has, she'll have that, that sexy type of attractive type of appeal to just make people like, oh, I, I will graciously give up my here. 
you want a sippy sack? Listen, I got another sippy sack. My cousin, he, he, you want another sippy sack? I'll find someone else. You want more blood? I'll find blood for you. Don't you worry. I'll find blood for you. Sold out. Oh. Yeah, I'm throwing people underneath the bus by any means necessary. Uh, she will just drop. She doesn't have to give me the... At that point, she'll give me the look, and it won't be like the Dracula type of eyes or the hypnotizer. Like, don't worry. You don't have to hypnotize. Don't waste your energy. I'll follow you. You want to see yourself? I'll come willingly. I'll come willingly. Uh, <laughs> she will give you that appeal. She will basically have... Plus now, also the fact she's on the show. She was at Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. She has, she, accent, she has the action chop. She has the physical fighting chop. So again, I'm giving, I want to give I want this person to have the ability to like be in a fight scene, and it mm-hmm. doesn't look like okay. Remember while while the film was going. Remember what I said. Roll with your left. Come in slowly. I'll take it. No, 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 no. Cut, cut, cut. No, I want someone who can just say, "Oh my god, I might not. I might not make it out alive. I might not make it out alive." Yes, that's what I want. Okay, okay. Good call. Good call. Wow. Not wow, bad. you came out swinging. Okay. <laughs> Told you, I used up my four months of talking. All now, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> uh, that was that, that's a strong idea. That's a you strong got a strong idea. idea. So, Chris, now how you had to see it live action or no, live, not even trying to stir it. So, live action, same question. You're just live action. An adaptation. Yeah, probably an yeah. Adaptation. adaptation. Yeah. yeah. How, I've got how an idea, and I I'm kind of going with some of the idea that that Rod had there in terms of like. I don't think it's a bad idea to cast like a Hispanic act- actress because a lot of the early Warren issues were drawn by Hispanic artists. They were mm-hmm. like, like, and, and like this famous like pose here is like a, from a famous cover by Jose Gonzalez. Right. But I'm thinking a little bigger than the CW. I'm thinking movies. And so who's a movie star that's like got the look young. Well, not Anna de Armas. Come on. Like she she's done like the action stuff with you know James Bond like a year ago or something. Mm. Oh my God, she's gorgeous. She 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 would definitely make an amazing Vampirella. Don't know if that's what she wants, but I would love to see <laughs> something like that. Well, that's so, what it is on the show. They might not like idea, it. You know, I'm just sort of like, like this is what we're going go. with. Pumping it up. Going with um for sure. So I like that. So you you're looking for a movie with her in it to play. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Here's the only thing. I like let's at least get let her throw on a jacket sometimes so that the poor stunt women can like take some of those hits a little easier. Because Vampirella is not wearing much. God, stunt women are so impressive because they have to like take all those same hits but with like so much less padding. Right. Like the idea Ooh, yeah, of like yeah. being in a costume like this and like doing a stair fall or something. Oh, yeah, that 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 would hurt. That that That's would uh. It'll leave some. It'll, yeah, it'll leave some marks. Yeah, yeah, that'll leave some marks. Yeah. All right, man. Okay, I like that. I like that. See, now I'm going with a different thing. I want a series. I want. I had two actresses in mind. Um, so I decided to pull up the, the name of the other actress here. Uh, I would go for like a series on a streaming network. So it mm-hmm. can have a little bit more adult humor. Um, I'm not saying gratuitous, like scenes or whatever, but you know, a little bit adult humor, a little bit more where the action comes in. It's still got to be light enough with the humor, the pacing of the show, but it's got to have its dark moment to kind of 
pull you in. So I figure you get that more with a streaming service than maybe a, a TV. You would have a little bit more leeway. And the actress that I liked um, is now, you know, she she's different. I'm going with, I'm making my decision on uh, Selena Jade, right? Now, she's a Hong Kong American singer um, and actress. Oh. She was on, she plays Shadow on Arrow. Yes. I know who you're talking about. It was like the second to last season or something like that. Exactly. So she's also an archer herself. And oh. she plays one of the archers on Arrow, you know, uh, oh. and helps him, uh, you know, I guess, get off the island and, and so forth like that. So that's who she right. plays. So even though she might not have the, the Latin roots behind her, I think it would still play in. She has the look of the character per yeah. se. There was another actress that I had that was my secondary list, but she wouldn't have the fighting style. But the other actress I was, I was saying, as, as honorable mentioned, it would have been uh, Carrie Keegan. Carrie she's, Keegan? Yeah, Carrie What's Keegan. She she's more of a TV personality, but she does a lot of the, like I guess, like B-movies or so forth. So she just did one called um, Vampires on a Boat. <laughs> but she's got a, if you watch her interviews on uh, Craig Ferguson, the older interviews, she's got a very like uh, bubbly, that kind of tongue-in-cheek humor. And I, I would I see... I see who you're talking about. Right. That, that's who I was going with, honorable mention. You know, but as I said, I've never seen her full up in a full up action scene. But you know, Amarilla uh, has an evil sister, so we mm, yeah, that's we, right. We, we, we need somebody Good else. Good pull. Yes, Good yes, pull. yeah. So that's it. But I'm I'm sticking with uh Selena J. That's who I'm going with as Vampirella. All right. You know, and then really world build it as much as possible with the other characters that are um her her co stars or love interest. You know, her being hunted, and I think it can really open up more. And bring this character more to the, uh, uh, you know, the spotlight because I think she's missing the spotlight. She's like almost there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just needs that push. And if it's going to be a studio that gets behind her or you know this property to put her out there, sure. I mean, at first everyone's going to look and say the costume, and then if you get into the rest of the storyline, you're like, oh. <laughs> but it, but it's all about the execution, isn't it, guys? Because I mean, like. The Boys was a pretty good hit. That's also a Dynamite property. And, yes. I mean, look at how well that's doing at, at Amazon. And that kind of changed up the story a little, but I have argued a little for the better. So it's all about the execution and figuring out, like, what works in this medium. Right. Know, right. Agreed. So if Dynamite has a good relationship with Amazon, maybe, Barry, your idea isn't so uh, so far-fetched, okay. you know? Absolutely. Fingers crossed. <laughs> So that's that's, uh, how our show usually goes, Chris. I like it. You know, thank you. You know, I mean, we'll we'll wrap this up. uh, But thank you so much, one, for coming on, Chris. Um, My pleasure. You know, this really means a lot to me. So look, you know, uh, Rod, any last words before we kind of... Listen, I I just definitely want to say for Vampirella, Vampirella, it's... That character is very unique. And like you said, it's, it's something that's right there. And I just kind of look on me, I was talking about earlier that it actually did predate Blade. So Blade came out in like 73. She came out in 69. So at least she had a four year, you know, starting run before Blade. And again, you can think maybe Blade was influenced off of her. Who knows? Well, we'll, that's another storyline. But I like the fact that you have basically an individual you would think is someone who's evil because you're from a planet full of Draculas. 
who <laughs> is actually someone who's like, oh, I'm on the good side. But the yeah. thing, I'm on the good side. Okay, I'll keep an eye out on you, and then realize she's she's actually here to help. So mm. that's actually a good way of pitching it. Your we like that we like that underdog type of person, someone you think you're looking at me, think like, I don't know if I don't know, I don't really think you're an actual hero or a heroine, and realizing, oh, you are. You're right, Rod. I mean, Pull back she the should be dangerous. She should be dangerous. Like you, you know, like she I'm will, she she will still kill her enemies and drink <laughs> them. That, that you need to keep that danger. Keep that in the back of your mind. <laughs> exactly. I agree. Exactly. And, and, and what would you, Chris? Uh, any yeah. last words, Chris, before we wrap up the show tonight? I'd love to know uh, how you guys came up with the title for your uh, podcast. Oh. Oh. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of uh, brain teasing, brain going back and forth, and we wanted to call it many things. And then yeah. we came down as like, oh, well, who's the icon? The icon is, is. oh, icon is. Is. And we just okay. merged those two words okay. together to get iconist because we couldn't go with iconic. We couldn't go with icon. It was very more of a generic word. Uh, well, people smart. have used it before. So every time we say the icon is on the iconist podcast, it was really merge and transform. Right. <laughs> As you can hear when I started off, that's why I say the icon is and then flare away. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That that's cool. good. I was just curious. I appreciate it. Um, I'll definitely be going back and watching your episode about the man from Atlantis. Uh, I had a good time talking with you guys about comics and, and about myself. Who doesn't like to talk about themselves? It's a pretty easy topic. <laughs> but it, no, it was, it was a really good time. Thank you so much. I, well, I can't thank, thank you enough. We appreciate you being here. Definitely thank appreciate you. all the knowledge you've been bringing to us. Man. It's been a great. Yeah, I have, I'm having eyes-watering geek moments. So, yes. Um, He's not flashing. Just watch that Right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anyone that's listening or watching this, please check out Comic Tropes. Um, Chris mm. has a lot of backlog catalog on there and new episodes coming out all the time. Please do not miss out. Uh, you know, this has really been a, uh, a passion project interview for oh, me. Cool. So this is this is my, my short list of I and I never thought this would happen. So this is wow. And we're getting close to our hundredth episode. So this is coming, yeah, it's like it's year two of us doing this. That's and, awesome. You know, thank you so much. Um, so, as I said, we'll wrap this show up. Everyone, thank you for tuning in and listening to the Iconist podcast. Uh, remember, this comes out every week. You can't miss it. Put on the notifications, like, subscribe, rate, and review, share. Don't let the show be a secret. And as I always like to say, this whole world was started with a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. Route. Route. Where's the trope? Can I just hold? Can I hold that pellet like this, uh, or should I put it over my shoulder? What's the What's the best trope? What's the best trope? You know, the best way to walk out. Oh, uh, probably to I, just like take your whole outfit, dump it in a trash can, and walk away from it. Yes. Yes. Oh. Just like dump your headphones in the trash can and be like walking away. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>